Thank you for listening to WNLA's Sermon of the Week. Visit our website at wnla.church for ways to partner with us and to connect with our ministries. Here is this week's sermon. Are you ready to rejoice in the Lord always? We have no other option, church. if, If you found yourself hanging your head, feeling hopeless, um, that, that's not an option. You've got to get it out of your vocabulary because the, the, the victory's won. I, I, I'm just feeling I need to say this. If, if, let's say the increase of wickedness grows and things get even more terrible on planet Earth, if the church hangs their head just like everybody else, we've got nothing to offer them. Like, I really feel like that's a strong word for us. Like, if we cannot rejoice in the Lord always, we better rethink whether we found him in the first place. Thank you. We're going to just have Dale be here for every service. Okay, all right. (laughs) I'm feeling the anointing this morning. So here we go. Uh, I need to start with this story. Um... It doesn't have much to do with my message other than it made me smile and it'll help you learn how to pray for my kids and my wife because they have to live with me. (laughs) As you know, I spent a couple of weeks in Orlando. My first week I was there with just Josiah and Jilly, spent some time at the Assemblies of God uh, convention. It was great. Um, And uh, and of course, spent some time playing in Disney World. And um, I took my kids, Josiah and Jill, it was just the three of us. They've got this place called Disney Springs, and they've got all sorts of restaurants. They're all booked up, but we managed to walk up, and they got us a a spot in this place called Planet Hollywood. Um, And I got a picture of it, because you need to understand this, all right? Um, and, And Planet Hollywoods have been around for decades, right? But there's only a few of them left. And, uh, and we went in, so the way this works is uh, there's three layers of seating, it's all balconies, it's this big kind of party atmosphere. Half of that dome is one giant projection screen. And they got music playing and karaoke, and then during the course of while you're there, they'll zoom in on different tables, and you know, like at the fo- at football games, and everyone's like, woo, or you know, the kiss cam or whatever it is. Um, because we were there and we didn't have reservations, we got tucked back underneath this kind of nook. Right? It was still great. We had fun. The food was adequate at best. But we, we you know, through the course of, uh, I don't know if we were there an hour or so, but uh, they were vil- filming different people, and, and I was convinced, oh, we're back in this nook, and it's kind of like where they stick the extras. There's no way we will get on camera. And, uh, and we'd finished our meals, and I was feeling pretty confident about things, and I, and I said to my kids, now, folks, this is not a very pastoral thing to do. So if you need to plug your ears because you can't handle uh, pastors being real humans. But here you go. So I said to my kids, I said, you know what? If they put the camera on me, you know what I'll do? And they look at me like, what? And I said, I'd stick my finger so far up my nose. And then I'd go like this. (laughs) And Jilly goes, Daddy, no. (laughs) And, And I'm like, ha, ha, ha. I kid you not, 30 seconds later. The camera is on me. And I'm like, am I a man of integrity or not? And I kid you not, I stuck my finger as far, I looked right at the camera and then I went like this. 
and the camera zoomed right in. I mean, the whole place was, ah! The lady at the table next to us is doing this. She can't even look at me the rest of the evening. And I said to my kids, we should probably pay and go. <laughs> that was just a little for fun. Now you know how, to live, how, you, how people who live with me, uh, uh, I honestly I just wanted to share that story, something a little lighthearted. Um, I actually have a, a, a little bit heavier of a word for us this morning. And so I wanted to start out with something a little lighthearted. Um, I have a, what I believe, honestly, is from the Lord, a word of warning, a bit of a sound the alarm, maybe a little bit of a rebuke, and not, not for you specifically, but for all of us. I'm included in this. Um, now, hopefully, you've known me long enough and you trust me enough to know that I would never leave you in a spirit of condemnation or in a spirit of heaviness. Trust me. Every invitation, every invitation to, to change is a joy-filled uh, invitation. In fact, hard things and joy are not mutually exclusive. I'll say that again. Hard things and joy aren't mutually exclusive. And maybe that's the reason you're having a hard time with joy, because you believe hard things can't bring joy, or you can't be filled with joy during hard times. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, rejoice in the Lord always, right? Pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. If you found yourself stopping rejoicing, stopping giving thanks, and you're still in a circumstance, well, guess what? The will of God hasn't changed for your life. The Bible also says that the Father disciplines the ones he loves. Why does he do that? Why do, you, why do we discipline our kids? Because we're like, don't, don't touch the stove. Why can't I touch it? Right? This is a, the Lord's like, don't do that. Why can't I do that? Because he's trying to bring us into something deeper and more profound and to protect us, okay? So I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, it is all good news and I have good news for you and I will not stick my finger up my nose. And I also promise you this, this message is not pointing at anybody in particular, I promise it's just as much for me as it is for anything. And I also promise that it's based in Scripture. Humility is vital to hear from the Lord. So I ask you to listen humbly to the word that I feel the Lord wants to give us today. And I'll start with this. That the word simply is, the church and the people of God are in great danger of suffocating. This isn't a mask issue. This is not what I'm talking about. But we are in danger of suffocating, and we need to breathe deep again. We need to breathe deep again. Listen carefully. This is the, this is the key verse. And I know I went over this a, a month or two ago. But this is a warning that Jesus Christ himself gave us. It's very important. When Jesus was talking about the last days, he said a number of things, but he gave us a sound of the alarm, red warning, and he said this, in the last days, it's up here on uh, Matthew 24, 12, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. I'm going to read that again. This is Jesus Christ talking to us in our day. 
because of the increase of wickedness. Other translations say lawlessness, where we start calling things that are evil as all they are good. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. This is the red alert. And I also want to warn you about this. When you read that, if you start pointing fingers at others, you're missing the point. Because when I, when I read this, oh, yes, they think you can choose your gender. They, they, they. Oh, they, 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 them, them, them. Oh, my goodness gracious. They, they say that drugs are okay now. Oh, they're saying sin is not a sin. Them, them, them. them. The more you say they, 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 the more cold, cold, cold you get. Do not forget the greatest commandment that God gave us. Jesus said it himself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And number two is love your neighbor as yourself. The more I'm they, 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 the less I'm obeying the top two commandments. This is not a they, they, they. This is a you and God and me and God right now. Because of the increase in wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. When you say they, 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 them, 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 you, 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 cold, cold, cold is what your heart is getting. Hard, hard, hard is what your heart is getting. You ever played the game hotter or colder, right? You're getting colder. You go hotter, hotter. Listen, the more you're pointing at other people and accusing and blaming and judging, the colder and colder and colder you get. The more you are loving the Lord your God with all your heart and loving your neighbor as yourself, the hotter and hotter and warmer and warmer you're going to get. Play that game here. In the <laughs> I'm not making this up. The word there where it says in the... The, the, because of the increase of wickedness, the increase of lawlessness, the love of most will grow cold. Okay? This word, cold, I'm not, I, can't, I, I couldn't make this stuff up. You know the New Testament was, was, was written in the Greek, right? The word there for grow cold is literally the word psycho in the Greek. Because of the increase of lawlessness, and wickedness the love of most will go psycho i'm not making this up you look you look into it yourself grab your concordance and dig into it this is where we get the word psychopath what is a psychopath the the dictionary definition of a psychopath is somebody who lacks empathy or feeling is self-centered and manipulative that's a psychopath because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will become psychopathic. It'll all be centered on myself. I will have no empathy for other people. I'll try to manipulate everybody else around me. Does this ring true in your spirit about the increasing condition in our society? Or maybe increasing condition in your own heart? that you find yourself growing colder and less empathy towards those around you, harder towards those you see. This is the wake-up call. This is a red alert church. Don't be a psychopath. Don't allow it. I'm going to give you the antidote here in a minute. We use the word hard-hearted in the scripture, right? To be hard-hearted literally means this, to drain of feeling, to be unmerciful, to be pitiless. 
because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. We'll become psychopathic. We will become hard-hearted. I, uh, one more story from my trip. I've got lots of them now. Um, I stayed, the first, the first uh, five days or so, we stayed in a Disney hotel. It's owned and operated by Disney. So everybody there is going to a Disney park. It's a great place to be. Uh, we didn't go to the park every day, and I got up early because it's so hot in Orlando, you got to enjoy the morning while you can. I got up early, and I went out, and I sat on this park bench, which is across the path from a lake. And, uh, and everybody who, who's driven to this hotel has to, has to walk down this path, kind of go around the lake, around the corner, over to the parking lot to bring their stuff and take off. Um, and so I'm sitting here. I can't see the parking lot. I can see the hotel over here. And I'm just sitting here enjoying the lake. I'm, having, I'm enjoying my time with the Lord, and I'm observing people with the Lord. It was very entertaining. This family came by, um, and, uh, and I... <laughs> There was a mom and a dad, uh, a kid who, boy, he might have been eight, and then he had a little sister who was probably, I didn't ask them their ages, I'm guessing at their ages. Um, And they're walking, they're carrying their luggage, so clearly their vacation was done. And, uh, And the little girl, you thought the world had ended. She's screaming. She, have, have you ever seen those, like they're refusing to move, and the dad is literally dragging her down the path, and, and she's screaming bloody murder, and, and, uh, and, and the parents are like beside themselves. The dad's got luggage. She's, he's trying to drag this daughter. The mom is just embarrassed and walking three feet ahead, and the son is just a little confused. And, and they get to this point. They're, they're, uh, they're near me, um, and, and right over here, and, and the dad had had enough. And in my heart, I'm like, you need to spank that kid. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I, I didn't say anything. It wasn't my business. But I'm like, oh, that is the rottenest kid I've ever seen in my whole life. And I'm totally, like, on board. I'm just judging this little kid. I'm like, you're terrible parents. You're a terrible kid. You're the worst kind of humanity. Praise the Lord. As I'm sitting there doing my devotions with Jesus, um, and, and then, so what the parents did is, is the dad had had enough, and he lets go, and he says, fine, we're leaving you here. <laughs> if it were me, I'd be like, sweet. <laughs> Credit card, please. <laughs> so then they take their, their son, and they march around the bend out of my view, and out of this little girl's view, and she's screaming the whole time until the parents get out of view, and then she stands there like this. She's frozen. And I keep, I'm, I'm watching her, and I'm trying not to make it up. She looks, she's looking back at the hotel. She's not moving forward, and she's not going back. And, and I'm like, what, what is going to happen here, right? And next thing I know, the eight-year-old brother comes running back from around the corner. And he just, he, it, it, he just stood by his sister. He didn't do anything. He just stood there, and he went like this. And he looked at her and just stayed there. And it broke my heart. I'm like, oh, it melted. Like, I'd, I'd had this heart of stone towards this girl, honestly, and, and her family. And, and this little boy didn't come. He didn't try to correct her. He didn't try to drag her along. He just stood there. And it wrecked me. And I'm like, oh, that's what this world needs. <laughs> they need us to, to stop running and screaming and dragging and, and just come and stand. Not, not to approve, not to say what you're doing is okay, but just to, and, and I'm telling you what that did, it melted my heart. 
this heart of stone, this psychopathic love that I had allowed to come into my heart towards this family, this one boy, in his act of compassion, just standing there, changed me. And I just started, wow, God. And after a minute, the parents never came back. <laughs> I got some great parent stories from this trip. But after, after a minute or so, he, he didn't say anything. She just starts walking with him. And they rounded the bend, and I never saw him again. And it taught me this, this, this lesson. It taught me that, that what the world doesn't need right now is us to scream and yell at them. Because what's that going to, all that's going to do is distance my heart and create a psychopathic love in me towards the rest of the world. God so loved the world that he gave his son. And whoever believes in him. Not every moment for you is a teaching moment for other people. But every moment for you is a loving moment toward other people. And if you will stand there in love towards other people, at some point, those people will look to you and wonder why. And you will have a teaching moment. But stop trying to force the teaching moments when it's not the season. The loving moments always. But until the harvest is ready, until the heart is ready, you don't have a teaching input. Until you've loved, until you've stood alongside. Church, we need to wake up and stop being psychopaths. And learn to love the world. We need to, what we need to do is repent. Some people just need you to go stand and hold their hand. Stand and be with them. And I, in that moment, I sat there on the porch and I repented. You're a pastor. You don't need to repent. Well, that's true. No, that's not true. <laughs> Folks, look at me. I want to tell you something. I repent every single day. It's not always big, huge, terrible things, but heart, anytime I'm confronted with my heart is not the Lord's heart, I need to repent. And church, the call here is we need to repent. We need to continue and keep, repent. Repent, repent, repent. And as I repented, I found my compassion for that little girl increased a billionfold. I can't even explain it. It went from nothing to wow. Wow, I wish I could help her stay. Wow, I wish I could help her get home. Like all of those things. And I also found myself loving as other people walked by that I didn't even know I had, a, I had the heart of Jesus for them too. Like wow, bless him, Lord. Like honestly, I didn't even know him. They weren't doing anything. But because of that act, because of the repentance that I did, all of a sudden my, my compassion and my intercession and my love for Jesus grew exponentially. Repentance is what we need right now. Yes. Repentance is what we need right now. I want to read you a verse in Acts. Acts 3, verse 19 through 20 says this. Now, <laughs> this is so good. Now, repent of your sins. And turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. I'm going to press pause there. Because when we say sins, we think of drugs. We think of, we think of uh, fornication. All the big bad sins. I'm telling you, my judgment in, in detesting that little girl and her family was just as much a sin. And it, it required repentance to get back right with the Lord in my heart. Repent so that you, your sins may be wiped away. Now look at this. Then times of refreshment. Refreshment. 
will come from the presence of the Lord. Are you feeling stale? Are you feeling anxiety, depression? Are you feeling empty, hard-hearted, hating and loathing other people? Do you feel like you're suffocating? I'm telling you the antidote is repentance. I would, I would challenge you that somewhere in your life you have grabbed onto something and you're unwilling to repent and align yourself back with the heart of God. Whether it's big or small, maybe you're calling a sin not a sin, maybe it's just an attitude and you hate somebody, or you hate a group of people, or you judge and you despise, listen, repent! So that times of refreshing can come again. Repent, do it again. Like I said, I repent all the time. And now I want to say this, lean in and pay really close attention to this. I believe this is a revelation for many of us. Repentance and reading the Bible have to go hand in hand constantly. Say that again. Repentance and reading the Word of God always daily go hand in hand. Repentance is changing my mind. So if I'm not coming to the Bible to repent of my disbelief or wrong belief, I'm not going to be able to process. And beyond that, watch this. You cannot even process good words from the Lord appropriately without repentance. You can get filled all day long. You can sit on the greatest preachers on planet Earth. You can read the entire Bible 59,000 times. But unless you have a, a repentant heart, it was just information to fill you up. And it'll make you even more cold-hearted. Watch this. It says, repent of your sins. Turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. This word, Refreshment. This one's going to make me, you happy if it, it made me happy. This word refreshment, times of refreshing, it means this, to recover your breath. That's what refreshment means. To make soft again, to, have you ever, like, we could do this as an exercise, I won't, but if I'm like, let's see you can hold your breath the longest, right? Let's say you held your breath a minute. You've done it before, right? When you were a kid, or I don't know, maybe uh, you put on 17 masks, and all of a sudden you took off, you're like, <gasps> I feel so good. This is what refreshment is. The Bible is comparing this to a deep breath after you've been deprived of air. This is what I mean when I say the church, the people of God are suffocating for lack of repentance. We are suffocating for an in an unwillingness to continually repent in humility. If we're feeling empty, stale, hard, all of these things, we are suffocating. And the antidote is to repent. Because repentance will cause your heart to melt back. It'll cause the oxygen to flow again. Repentance is the cure for the cold heart, for the hard heart, for the anxious heart, for the depressed heart. Repentance is the cure. I've heard, I just don't feel anything anymore. I, that's a key. You need to repent. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I don't know. Lord, show me my, what's in my heart that I'm calling good. What's in my, in my life that I'm not allowing you in? Repent. It's like a deep breath. Look at this. This is so good. Heart disease. I'm talking about the physical body, physical heart disease. What causes heart disease? It is when your body continually is depriving your heart and your cells of oxygen. That's the literal reason people get heart disease. Because your body's not getting the oxygen it needs. And every 
single cell in your body, including your heart cells, your muscle cells, your brain cells, every cell desperately needs and has to require oxygen to function. Without it, it will die. You breathe that oxygen in and then you exhale the waste. We have this thing, it's called cellular respiration. When I breathe in, my body takes the oxygen. Here's your science lesson of the day. Now that oxygen comes in and it does something very wonderful in our body. It produces the energy our body needs. It goes and it combines with the sugars that we've eaten, right? Whether they're broken down from the carbohydrates and things like that. And it it combines with the oxygen, just like when I'm burning a fire, right? If I have a fire... Um, and I, I'm burning that, it's, what's, what's the produce? It's the heat, that's the energy. Well, this is the same thing that's happening at a molecular level in your body. When I breathe in, the oxygen interacts with, with the sugars and it creates fuel for my body. My body stores it chemically or uses it. One of, you know, both of those things. Some of us get more energy stored up than others. But oxi- if you don't have oxygen, you can't store the energy. You can't process nutrients and your body and your cells die heart disease all these things happen if you if you uh, aren't getting the oxygen you need now i mentioned you cannot properly you cannot properly digest and get fed from the word of god without repentance because repentance is the oxygen that combines with the fuel, that creates the energy, that creates the power, that feeds your soul, feeds your mind, feeds your body. It does all of those things. This is why we are desperate in need for a humility and a lifestyle of continued repentance. When I come to the word, I'm ready to repent every time. I'm not ready to prove my point. I'm not ready to disprove somebody else's point. I'm ready to be a repentant follower of the Lord and be instructed in his word that's the breathing that's the oxygen repentance breaks down the fuel of the word of God and processes it for our spirit our mind our body and so we can't stop repenting repenting doesn't happen the one time when you're five years old at a VBS and you raise your hand to accept Jesus that's where it starts and then I live my lifestyle because I know that without the word, without the Lord, that like my ideas sound good, but they need to be laid down on the altar of repentance. And Lord, if this is not your idea, it's, I, I lay it down. Your way, not mine. Even Jesus modeled that going to the cross. He's like, I have an idea. How about I don't die on the cross? But he followed that quickly. And it's okay. You can throw your ideas to the Lord. But Jesus modeled this, yet nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. I'm with you all the way. There's the power of God. There's the fuel of God. There's the nutrients. There's the growth. And it goes beyond your spirit and your soul. You realize repentance is also deeply connected to physical body health as well. I believe many of us are sick and suffering in our body due to lack of repentance in some ways. I'm not saying everybody who's sick is because they haven't repented. Please don't don't one-dimensionalize things when, when, when pastors say stuff like that. But that's certainly a reason that you could look at. Like the lack, the lack of repentance. I want to, Proverbs 3, 7 through 8 says this. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. How many of us get so impressed with us? Oh, I nailed that post just now. 
the way I phrase that, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. What is that? That is repentance. Instead, be a lifestyle of repentance. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil constantly. Then you will have healing for your bodies and strength for your bones. I'm, again, I'm not making a one-dimensional thing about our physical health, right? But, but honestly, it's, repentance is so beneficial to us, spirit, soul, and body. And if you're feeling empty and anxious and dry because of a season that we're in as a nation or in your own, in your own life, I'm oh, go back to the humble heart of repentance. And take that deep breath again and see what fuel is going to burn in you. I'm going to read an entire chapter of the Bible. So get ready and get excited. And afterwards, we're going to spend a time, in fact, Kaylee, I'll have you come up now as I read this, of repentance. Or you're going to bow your head, get on your knees, whatever you want to do, and, and realign your heart into that of one of repentance and humility so that your hard heart can be melted again, so that those psychopathic tendencies of hating and loathing other people can melt down, and that instead of the heart of stone, you'd be given that soft heart. You'd be given the Father's heart. Instead of looking at that family and like, oh, you're the worst of humanity, you could be like, wow, God, wow. I'm so sorry. I'm going to read you Psalm 32. You can close your eyes and just listen, or you can read it with me on the screen. I'm reading it out of the Passion Translation. Uh, I'm reading through that one this year for fun, and it's, a, it's, been, it's been a blessing to me. So Psalm 32, so there's 11 verses in it. It's talking about repentance. And it says this, What bliss belongs to those whose rebellion has been forgiven, whose sins are covered by the blood. What bliss, it says. That word is, is, uh, is joy. The, the Hebrew word is esher, and it means a deep happiness. How happy. What a bliss awaits those whose sins are forgiven. Verse 2. What bliss belongs to those who have confessed their corruption to God, for he wipes their slates clean and removes hypocrisy from their hearts. Before I confessed my sins, I, I, I kept it all inside. My dishonesty devastated my inner life, causing my life to be filled with frustration, irrepressible anguish and misery. Folks, a lack of repentance kills you on the inside. Unconfessed sin, big and small, a non-contract, oh, it will destroy you on the inside. Goes on in verse four, the pain never let up, for your hand of conviction was heavy on my heart. My strength was sapped, my inner life dried up like a spiritual drought within my soul. If you feel like you have a spiritual drought in your soul today, you're invited to repentance. Because watch this. This psalm takes a turn now. It says this, Then I finally admitted to you all my sins, refusing to hold them and hide them any longer. I said, My life-giving God, I will openly acknowledge my evil actions 
and you forgave me. All at once, the guilt of my sin washed away and my, all of my pain disappeared. This is what I've learned through it all. All believers should confess their sins to God. Do it every time God has uncovered you in the time of exposing. For if you do this, when sudden storms of life overwhelm you, you'll be kept safe. Lord, you are my secret hiding place, protecting me from these troubles, surrounding me with songs of gladness. Your joyous shouts of rescue release my breakthrough. I hear the Lord saying, now verse 8 and 9 turns to the Lord speaking to us in response. I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. So don't make it difficult. <laughs> don't be stubborn. When I take you where you're, you've not been before, don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. So my conclusion is this, verse 10. Many are the sorrows and frustrations of those who don't come clean with God. But when you trust in the Lord for forgiveness, his wraparound love will surround you. So celebrate the goodness of God. He shows this kindness to everyone who is his. Go ahead, shout for joy. All you upright ones who want to please him. Bow your heads right now gonna have Kaylee sing whatever but as the, if the Holy Spirit's highlighting something anything that we've talked about today just repent and allow the Lord to re melt your heart of stone we hope you enjoyed this week's sermon if you have any questions prayer requests or if you would like to partner with our ministry please visit our website at wnla.church.